Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to discuss the concept of grudges and holding grudges and all that that entails. But before yeah. we get to that... Well, this is our 11th year that we've been doing this yep. program. Together. Yeah. Yes, and you did one prior to that, too, yeah, since 1993. Yeah, so... Anyhow, today in Mayan is? Seven a how. Interesting day, because seven is a tone of perfectionism, and a how is the tribe of enlightenment, universal fire that, that rises above everything and sees. So, mm -hmm. so today we may be refining our spirituality, and since it's guided by Ebb, the tribe of the humanitarian, so we may be reassessing our spiritual path, which is our life path as well as the internal path, and infusing it with humanitarianism. Yeah, and this is a resonant day. In other words, if it doesn't resonate with you, it will uh, explode out of existence mm -hmm. from uh, everything that I understand about today. And as well, we've said so many times, you may have noticed this playing out in your life today. Yeah, and it's a very good day to discuss the topics that we're discussing. Yeah. And I would also uh, share with everyone, we're in a different studio today. We're in Studio B here and at uh, FPA, and so it uh, may have an, uh, another phone number. I'm not sure. Are we positive about Live that? Seven yes. Three Live. Uh, and it will be up on the screen as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. good. Okay. Well, some a couple things I wanted wish to talk about about mm -hmm. grudges is that grudges wall you in as much as they wall the other person out, and they really don't serve you. If we realized how much energy and how much of our mental space or emotional space is kept with, with uh, containing a grudge, we would be amazed. It's like that CPU usage, like the memory usage and everything, when you see that on your computer. If you were to look in your own brain about how much it takes to carry a grudge, you would be amazed. And think about it. Every time you've ever done it or someone's done it, directed at you, and you run into them, it's one of these things where they have to consciously look away and put up this energetic wall and then dot 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 and it just it, it embroils you or in, in, um, and it chains you to that other person it doesn't really release them we think that grudges will put a distance between us and the other person but it glues you like super glue and the only way to really move on in your separate ways is to release and you release by letting go of those grudges a grudge is just a passive aggressive action and what passive aggressive actions are is where we control another person through our negative behavior either by a grudge either by uh, not doing something like like your boss tells you to empty the ashtrays out front and you don't want to do it and you feel powerless within your job then you will refuse to do it and then that aggressive that passive behavior is a way of attacking and controlling the boss mm -hmm. We are set up in our codependent society to do a lot of things that way, and it's very draining, and it keeps you from living your life. So that's what we're going to be discussing. We have a lot to say about that, and we invite callers in. Did yeah. you wish to say anything before I move on? Well, Grudge is, um, well, first of all, there's a movie called Grudge, which is uh, one of Japan's finer works, and um, uh, it's very teaching, actually, although they... And anyone who makes a movie does play for it to be a popular item to have many people come and see it so that it is uh, a basis by which we create cinema 
in this world at this time. Uh, but the grudge, I can remember being a kid and having explained to me the Hatfields and the McCoys. Mm. Okay, so feud is another word, and not the musical. Feud is where two families hold a grudge, and then they pass this down the family line. But there's an ever-diminishing number of family members. And as a kid, that made so little sense to me that I found that I had um, erased uh, both revenge and avenge from my thought process, not just the words, the process, so that as soon as anyone would hold anything against anyone, you're actually holding on to it. You're actually tattooing yourself. You're actually um, attaching that to your field, to your being, to your spirit. That's very good, yeah. So in the death experience, and I've explained this a million times, so I'll short it very much. When I died, when I was on the other side, I saw the guy and I agree that after 50 lifetimes, this lifetime it was my turn to be killed, and I agreed to it. And then when the guy killed me, I recognized nothing but love for the guy because he was doing exactly what I had asked him to do. So there's a whole principle that will cause all grudge to go away when you recognize that what you're holding against that person is in reality the particular <clears throat> piece of advancement you agreed to in this lifetime. Well, and you're mad at them for assisting you. Yeah, that's true. And the idea of the Hatfield and the McCoys, uh, I, it's the same thing with racism. It's like we pass things along. We pass hatreds, we pass angers. And the, the thing is, as I was thinking about grudges today, and I realized that a grudge is a person that feels completely powerless to change anything or completely under the thumb of someone else. And so therefore, their only power tool is to hold a grudge. And it's very, it's very much like the elitism and the four energy manipulations, the ah, poor me, the inquisitor, the bully, and the elitist. The elitist is that I'm not going to talk to you. And so when you hold a grudge against somebody, often there's never any communication with that person. So oh, the person can't even tell their side. And so it's, I'm going to hold this grudge. I'm going to walk around with, with this hard crab shell around me, and it's going to prevent me from ever growing. And so you're not really doing anything. It looks like there's an immediate gratification of gaining power back in this seeming imbalance, but all you're doing is really locking you into that imbalance. So the yeah. best thing, and you hit upon a lot of very good points, is to rise above it and look and say, okay, is this worth me carrying this around? One time a guide of mine came and said, do not, care, do not carry anything into the future that you don't want to carry on your back. Do not bring anything into the future with you that you don't want to carry on your back, including grudges because then you're going to be lugging it around for the rest of your life. And uh, that's very, very well put. Yeah. Perceived control. The idea of the elitist being the basis of um, grudge, mm -hmm. certainly grudge in the form of racism and genderism and monetarism mm -hmm. and patriotism and nationalism, which are synonyms. Actually, they're all synonyms because you're setting yourself apart from other people as though... And, and the very basis of it is, whoever it is that did that, did so to your benefit, did so 
as a blessing for you so that you could see that you can go beyond this. That's the very much... And if you love them for what you hold a grudge against them for, the thing will vaporize right in front of you, and there'll be a great many doors open as a direct result. So I want to love and bless anyone that I... It doesn't occur to me that I have a grudge. Uh, If I were to have a grudge, I would love and... Even I have to go in there mechanically with the upper mind and recognize the love for the person that I'm holding the grudge against. Absolutely. And, and how about if we just say just something that occurred to me. Thank you for showing me my disbelief in my own power there you so go. that I could heal it. Remember, That's love well brings done. out anything unlike love so that it may be healed. Mm-hmm. So if someone is inspiring a grudge within you, it's only because you've deluded yourself into thinking you have no power by believing other people's false evidence about you. And mm-hmm. you always have power to negotiate your consciousness with any, any situation. And it's not really controlling the other person. Often, people will hold grudges because they know it hurts the other person for that energetic wall to be put up. So let's say somebody's doing that to you and it hurts. They're holding that space. They're shutting you out. It's like they're saying you don't exist, ostracizing you on an energetic level. When you see it as their attempt to attain a power that was theirs all along, you know it really doesn't have anything to do with you. And you can send them love and realize that it's not a diminishment of you, but it's, it's an it's a amnesia on their behalf. And you could just send them love, and then they're going to see that the power really is within them. But as long as we play the game by being hurt, this happens a lot in workplaces where it's... I don't understand this phenomenon, but like in a chicken's and a barnyard where they may peck one, that pecking order, and then mm-hmm. it's that mob mentality, and it often happens in a workplace, and it's all this same dynamic that we're talking about. Just recognize these as people that haven't seen their own power yet. So remember, mob mentality, forget about it. <laughs> okay. Now, we, the family of humanity... And boy, that is just invisible to us. There is no human being on the planet Earth that you are not blood kin to. There is nobody walking this planet who is not your cousin. Don't worry about who you married. Don't worry about the kids. We can be far enough away. I'm saying we are all related. Now, what's ironic then, or whatever word, and that's an interesting word, ironic, because it has a lot of ironics in it, Uh, We have a million words in our vocabulary that cause us to see different shades that don't actually exist. Racism, for example. We just went through the list. Nationalism, patriotism, all this stuff. None of it's real. There are just people. And uh, there was an episode of Dharma and Greg where Dharma couldn't quite get past the idea that this short person, and she just couldn't see until her mother told her, It's not short people, it's people. It's not tall people, it's not what color people, it's not anything about all of that, it's just people. So our language sets us up to be grudgmental. Yes, that's a great word, grudgmental. Grudgmental, and uh, if you use it in place of judgmental, uh, in other words, what a grudgmental thing to say, and you'll cut right to the 
essence of what's going on there because they are more than synonyms. They are the same word. Well, judgmental is like this false illusion that you have, you're more powerful than everyone else. Grudgmental is this false illusion that you're less powerful than everyone else. Think about that. Yeah, yeah. And all judgment or all grudgment is based on a pre-decided concept. Mm-hmm. Okay. In other words, all judgment, all grudgment is pre-decided. You have this thing and you superimpose it over your reality, and you put things in there, and then you have this totally false picture that you believe to be true, and that would be grudge, or judge, or however you want to put that. Yeah, and I I think it's um, the the dynamic of the extreme, feeling like you have no power or more power than everyone else, and Mm -hmm. it's a matter of coming back into a balance point. Something I, I thought would be useful is for everyone watching or listening, Think of the people that you have shut out in your life, whether it's because you're afraid to commit to other people. And by the way, being afraid to commit to another person is really being afraid to commit to yourself. And we really do explore our commitment with ourselves in our interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. So what people or persons or grouping have you been shutting out of your life? And that right there will be a place that you could really look into, deal with your issues of power, remember who you are, and then open that back up, and you will have so much energy and thought space and quality of clear thinking that's going to be amazing. So that's homework assignment, home play, if, if you'd mm-hmm. like to look at it mm-hmm. that way. What, what people in your life are you shutting out? And, yeah. and I think people believe that a grudge is letting go. Like, oh, that person did something I don't like, so I'm... In my powerlessness, I'm going to pretend I have all this power to banish them from my kingdom in this judgmental way because that gives me the illusion of being powerful. Where The, the grudge is, oh, I'm afraid they have more power than me. And we think it's letting them go. And I hear a lot of people say, I've got to cut these negative people out of my life. No. The call's coming from inside the house, everybody yeah. in your life. And everybody is perfect and they're whole. So if you say, I would like to release these people out of my life, you're perfectly entitled, but a grudge doesn't release them. It's crazy glue. Crazy glues them to you. And then they follow you through lifetimes. We've seen this in 100,000 episodes uh, in exploring past lives. Whoever that was, you've known them before. This time they've done it to you. Last time you did it to them, and the two souls have danced back and forth back and forth, until you get to the point that you love the other soul for having agreed to play such a ridiculous game with you. You, in fact, adore them for that. So whoever it is that you have the grudge against, or pardon the word, hatred, what you hate, you recreate, the mnemonics there, but whoever it is that you're holding anything against, hold that in their favor. We love them for doing that. Because, one, it was our idea that they do that. And they were so kind as to agree to have cooperated with your idea. Or at least it appears that way. So once you get to the point where you adore the person for what it is that they did that was so offensive, then you're free. And until you adore them for that, thank, honor, love, and praise them for shooting you to death, or whatever that was, then you're, you're dancing with them forevermore or until you get to the point 
-hmm. So the other person, if they don't want to get to the point, can find someone else to play the game with them. It's not, that was a little flaw you could find in there. But if I forgive and love this person, who will dance with them? Oh, God, look at the list. <laughs> look around you. Well, it's a million people that would dance with like that particular pieces. unevolved piece of evolution. Well, you see, I just really see everybody as perfect, and there's not a value system. There really isn't. Everything is That's it, a correct answer also, yeah. But you're right about that. And, and one thing I explain to people all the time is we are circuits, and we will become a complete circuit, like this circle with my fingers. And if we do not know of our power or believe in ourselves, and we think the power exists in someone else, we're like this, with our fingers open, and they gravitate toward other people that are equally open and ungrounded, let's say, the circuit yeah, not complete. Yeah. And then it makes this illusionary circuit that makes it difficult to pull away from, as in those relationships that you feel stuck in and you can't quite get away. It's unhealthy. When we have a complete circuit within ourselves, we, we can then get so close to others we can superimpose. But when you look at it like this, we're never really overlapping, so we always have our power. And yeah. grudges, grudges often, I, I just have noticed over life, through my own experience and through other people's experiences, that grudges, people will pull in, in a grudge because they think it empowers them. I will be angry and hold this grudge and then I feel centered and I've pushed away all that density. But never does a grudge actually empower you. There are other ways to empower yourself in regards to relationships. Uh, that word perfection is a very interesting word. I just saw Tron, short for electron, in which Jeff Bridges played uh, dual roles uh, himself at the moment he entered the Matrix, let's say, and himself who naturally grew older and the two remained very opposed to each other with an ever-growing... Now, the young one, the one that had just entered the world of... Um, computers in a, a real and biological way, uh, seeked perfection amongst the circuits, felt that that's where it would lie. And the truth of the matter is the imperfection is the perfection. And uh, one could have gleaned that from the information coming out of the movie Tron, but just collect it directly. It's perfect right now. There's no possibility of it not being perfect. It's a word we could do without. Exactly. Because people have used it to confuse everyone for so long. Well, and the Everything experience is, is the perfect. perfection. Yeah. The experience and is the perfection, not the result. Mankind has always sought an a, um, environment that is maintenance-free. And the environment that is maintenance-free is nature. And we do our level best to destroy nature, take it over, build houses on it, pour concrete on it, uh, spray bug spray on it, uh, and it is perfect. Nature is perfect. It's self-cleaning. You don't have to do any housework in nature. It's a recycling plant, so to speak. Yeah. It really is. I mean, yeah. a city will just become overtaken and, and totally recycled. So perfection is already, everything is perfect. Once you're at that point, and I've recited that mantra to myself every morning for a thousand years, it seems, everything is perfect. It is. It's well, the way it's just perfect. Relax. You don't have to do anything. It's already perfect. Well, I would say that more and more people are getting that, but mm -hmm. one area I really hear a lot that people feel is imperfect is human beings. 
They'll talk about animals being perfect. They'll talk about the space, the planets, the earth, the rivers, the everything. But that man itself is a cancer on the face of the earth. And, and I can see why people say that. It, there are times when our powerlessness creates such a thing. But it, maybe it's my mission. I love animals too, but I love the human animal. And I feel that there is just such, such a wonderfulness. If we could see how beautiful and how miraculous every human being that walks near you is this incredible miracle. And we forgive and we open and we allow ourselves to have our experiences and gain from it and not say, oh, that experience you handled that incorrectly, now you're off my yeah, list of lovable people. Yeah. We will withhold love from each other at the drop of a hat and we'll withhold love from ourselves even faster than that. Well, another one that's... Um we've taught for so very long has been written of in the protocols book there's more than one correct answer as yeah. long as we find the correct answer we immediately stop thinking and if that's not a flag in your brain then it's not a flag in your brain but it is certainly one in my mind if something says there you're done the first thing I know is <laughs> I'm not remotely done <laughs> because that's what we seek. We seek to be done. So we seek our death. Yes, evidently, there's a body of evidence, the one you're sitting in right now, that is aging as I speak. So Beautiful. once you get to the point that you recognize that there is more than one correct answer, and as a matter of fact, there's an infinite number of correct answers, so you can then step down from that insane box that we live in, the box is defined by the correct answer. Mm -hmm. Once you step out of that box, and there's more than one correct answer, you can actually calm down because you're freeing yourself. To have the experience instead of seeking the one correct answer. Yeah, and so if you want to play with the word grudge or revenge or vendetta or whatever else word, whatever other word you might want. Regret is another one uh, that fits into mm -hmm. this type of thinking, this whole type of thinking that the world's imperfect and that we're a victim and that someone has come along with a complete and total and solitary job to make your life miserable and you love that person for that because that was your idea and you know it for a fact and you love them for that. Well, then, you're, then you can go on to something else. But until we get to that point, we're stuck in the grudge. Like uh, worldwide wrestling or whatever it is. The grudge match. Let's have the grudge match. I've really got a grudge against me. That's who I've got the grudge against. Or I wouldn't be in this arena Well, guilt and regret like are a grudge against self. Yeah. And that, that guilt will keep you from loving yourself. And you've got you on your own hit list whenever there's guilt. Yeah. And guilt is always something that takes the place of actual thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, because guilt is easier for us. It's easier for us to live in a world where we're, we're guilty than to have the integrity to get to the point that you recognize that this is all completely different than we've been brought up to believe and that we can step out of the childhood beliefs. And I believe that's what the Bible meant, time to put down the things of childhood which is actually the idea of good and evil. That's the thing you want to put down. Because God, and love it, that is such an, uh, a use of time that does not serve. 
the idea of good and evil. You know, so grudgmental or judgmental or whatever word you want, you're stuck there. So you go, oh, love it. Thank you for doing that. Appreciate it. I saw a quote recently from Shakespeare that, that was really incredible. It said, um, good and bad are just a product of the mind or something like that, something to that effect, which I thought was, was a, a wonderful thing to say. Yeah. Um, a lot of things. But it really is about freeing yourself and as long as there are these things on your list, and maybe another exercise for those that choose to do it, list out all the grudges you have, all the things you're holding on to, and let them go. There is a healthy way to let that go. And number one is to see that everybody is perfect and they're having experiences that may seem imperfect at times, but that we are perfect. And that when we withhold love from ourselves, what we're doing is seeking to prevent a future grudge or a future guilt or a future regret. And so we get that guilt voice in our head, our mother, father, aunt, uncle's guilt voice, and we start playing it in our mind so that we don't mess up and actually have the real person yell at us for it. Well, commit to yourself that you're not going to withhold love from yourself no matter what, that there's no action you could do that's going to prevent you from loving yourself. And then you feel powerful and you don't have to talk other people through controlled dramas and passive aggressive behavior to love you and act like you have power so that you can feel whole. Yeah. So if anyone would like to call in with something that uh, we're seven zero three five seven three live. Just wanted to put yeah. the new number out there just for, for tonight. This evening, just yeah. for tonight. We'll probably next week be back at the regular number. But and so five seven three five seven three seven zero three five seven three live. Yeah. L i v e. So if you would uh, have any question, any dream, any reason you would like to call, we would love to hear from you. And we are just saying, if there is uh, for some reason you cannot overcome uh, the idea that so-and-so totally wronged you and that you cannot recognize that that was actually you, your thinking, your idea. Or at least a reflection of, of an area to yeah. heal within yourself yeah. rather than you wanting to sabotage yourself. Um, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, or if there's somebody that's holding a grudge against you, it is very depleting. In the book, Clan of the Cave Bear, not like the movie, completely different. Yeah. They, one of the ways that they punished people is they would ostracize them. They didn't make them go away from the tribe. They still got to eat with the tribe, but no one spoke to them or looked at them. And one of the most painful things we can experience as humans because of the biological imperative to be social so that we survive is to be ignored completely. The silent treatment, we all know what that feels like. And if we knew how much that does... Uh, Effect. What that feels like, yeah. maybe we wouldn't be so free to do it and, and uh, freely give it to other people because we mm. don't care for it. So call if you have a situation like that going on in the office or in your family. If you'd like to call in, maybe we could talk about it and give some guidance to other people via your experience. Yeah, I recently we read... Have a call? Uh, oh, we do. Mm -hmm. Hi, caller. What's your name, Hold please? Hi, my name is Jane. Hi. Jane, hi. I would hi. like to know... Uh, what do you do when you have a problem with your family? It's like my mother died, and we have a problem of dividing things, and there's all this resentment. Oh, Jane, thank you for calling about that, because you would That's have excellent. no idea how many people experience this. And these can be families that are very close prior to someone passing. And then all of a sudden, 
It's this fighting over anything from a painting to an old coat. And what's going on? I work with people with this very issue, and so I've dealt with it a number of times. And often it can be families that are very happy and whole prior. Mm -hmm. And what I have come to see is that when a parent dies or someone passes, the real fighting is about the love. The possessions become this love of the parent that is gone. So something before the parent dies, yeah, I don't care about those old dishes. You can have them. Then the parent dies, I want those old dishes. i got to have them. And so we struggle, much like when we're younger with that sibling rivalry, to get that love. And so what I suggest when you're settling things up after people pass is to not be very careful that this isn't the love, this isn't them. And sometimes a lot of grief healing and grief counseling or, or getting some kind of help in that area will help with the other. What kind of um, conflict is the biggest thing with you and your family? Um, a candy dish. I mean, it was stupid. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that candy dish represents and I think everybody's sitting back and saying, what does that represent? And maybe your memory of it was the treat and the love from mom because she would put candy in it and she was so careful about finding just the right thing and your favorite things. And so it's that that you're looking for and that's already there. And then to somebody else it might mean, oh, this is a way I can have mom and pass mom down into my family line. And if you deal with the real issue, the candy dish then becomes inconsequential, mm -hmm. really. Yeah. And there is, um, you know, the physical aspect of this, the candy dish, which really does represent the sweetness, you know, that was the treat, the That's sweetness mm -hmm. of the uh, situation. But it, it, we have the idea that its physical embodiment is more important than its exactly spirit. Exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah and mm -hmm. I'm just saying it all what you were saying, and I'm also adding, or perhaps I'm not, I don't know, but there, there is the idea that it is the spirit of it that cannot be uh, divided up by the family. In other words, somebody else could take the candy dish itself and you yourself could take with you the spirit, the sweetness that it represented and you would have, see the, the non-physical is always more valuable than the physical and because we're in the, the body made of atoms, we have this atomic measurement of everything and, uh, but it's not, it's not the only correct answer. That's one correct answer. I'm not arguing. I am saying that another correct answer is the spirit, is the non-physicality of it. So you could just inhale and accept the well, mother's say, whoever left the candy dish, just I, I accept Aunt Wilhelmina's love for me as such. Well, here and there you go, you're free. Well, a tangible thing you could do too is everybody in the family write a story of the candy dish. What it means to them, the memories they have attached to it, and it'll be like a family legacy then, mm -hmm. like a patchwork quilt, and then everybody gets a copy of that. Oh, that's excellent. <clears throat> and the candy dish then is irrelevant because the candy dish is what seemingly carries the memories. But if you all write them down, you could have the candy dish story, and what a beautiful thing to leave to your grandchildren, too. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. What yeah, a brilliant story. call. Yeah. It's Jane, amazing how easily the family line, the stories are lost. I don't have anything of my personal family line. I have um, one story that I know of the old gray head in the, you recall this from Dad saying that the 
uh, Civil War divided the family line I came from really rather sincerely, strangely enough, in the North well, and South. Well, your father's grandmothers, one was from the North, one was from the South. Right. That, and, and they had and to live together at one point. In the same house, typical of the Civil War. And one complained that they got a slightly larger window than the other, which resulted in... But the stories of our families are so easily lost, there ought to be... We would serve ourselves well when a member of the family is appointed to be the, the story keeper uh, for the whole family. Yeah, that's kind of what I do. That, that's why I quizzed your father and I, I got yeah. some stories. Uh-huh. I had wished to go travel around the country and go to nursing homes and write the story, like a chapter on each person. Mm-hmm. These stories are very, very important. Family newsletters where you write memories. Yeah, not yeah. the furniture, yeah. not the candy dish. <laughs> Exactly it's the, the stories point. Very good. are exactly what's... Exactly the point. So if you specialized in collecting the stories of the family, your legacy to your children would be so much more interesting and more important than that piece of furniture. Okay. Well, we and got we another have call? our next caller. Well, yeah, that's... Uh, that's uh... Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Yes, hi. Um, Didn't my name interrupt. is um, Zabiba, and I've been married for six years. Mm-hmm. And I have a sister-in-law who she thinks that me and my husband, we don't like her and we don't respect her. And she's been a problem with our marriage, so we don't know how to handle that situation. Is that your husband's sister? Yes. Okay, and she thinks you all don't respect her? Yes, and love her. We don't, we don't respect and love her, me and her brother. Okay, you know, something that I would just... Uh, mention just as an observation right off the bat what happens in those kind of dynamics and if you look at everything as being these tug of war she is looking to gain this love that she feels is missing from her life by making herself a victim and blaming you because yeah. grudge is about blaming someone else for something you have power over so what you do to not engage is not accept that power or that blame rather in the form of guilt so you are not guilty for not loving her and you are not guilty for having your feelings and once you really clear that that's how you can work on your side of it she doesn't have anybody else at the end of the tug of war rope to engage with and so she has to therefore rise up and come and approach you guys at a different place so just acknowledging that you're not guilty for having your feelings and that it's not your job to make her feel loved. It's not that we abandon each other, but we empower each other, and that would be the most empowering thing that I see. And another important aspect of this is actually the word jealousy. Uh, The relationship between your husband, her brother, and uh, she and her brother, uh, she feels she's been replaced by you. You see all that, yeah? Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 They were very close, and now he's married, and he's has his own life, and she's never been married, and, you know. And that's what's actually going on. Yeah. So either so we could set her up with someone. It. Yeah, we could set her up so that she could have her own other special person, or there could be the acknowledgement of this openly in the situation and say, oh, I'm so sorry, I did not mean to take your brother from you, uh, and and allow you know, them to have brother-sister relationship in, in a different way than it's been done because she feels like she was cut out. Exactly. And, and so what happens is she looks to get that power back 
via a different technique, which is being the victim, and yeah. he's the guilty one. And so she is now, well, like, like the whole passive-aggressive um, yeah. res guilt response, or, the, or mm -hmm. response, aggressive response, is getting his love via guilt instead of through love. And here, just like I was saying before, it's so critical not to give love in the form of guilt. It's not loving the person. What it's really doing is making them believe that love is now in the form of the other person's guilt, and that's how I get power over them. So I would really say even uh, the fact that she's uh, jealous is for your husband particularly to not feel like he betrayed her about his feelings of yeah. moving on with yeah. his life and that it, it, by him clearing that, he's really going to heal her. I guarantee it. And it will happen pretty overnight, too. And another aspect, which is very apparent as well to us here in, in the studio, uh, the brother and sister have uh, quite a past life history. And they had been separated from each other in any number of past lives and uh, made the deal that, all right, we're going to go back in there again, and I don't want to lose you. So we're going to go back in there as brother and sister, and it won't be complicated by the romance aspect of things. And so we'll get to know each other for a whole lifetime. And then uh, when the marriage came into the situation, then that, that seemed to uh, afflict it in a certain way. Now, we have said for the millionth time, um, guilt always takes the place of integrity. So since now everybody's acting guilty and holding grudges and entering into the basic war zone version of a situation, if we just recognize the two of them as having the past life relationship and that you were involved also in the past lives, it's not like all that, uh, so that everything could, um, uh, we can take people directly into the past life to see this stuff, which would be a method by which we can clear it up. But the replacement of the guilt with integrity is what I'm shooting at. Once yeah, everybody knows who they are and what the past life relationship was, the whole thing can heal in the it current world. It definitely does. I, yeah. I, I see that every day. And, but the simplistic aspect, or not but, it's not to replace that, but to add on to it, the simple thing is to not create the glue of mm -hmm. guilt and victim mentality cannot exist in a world yeah. where there's no guilt. So, wow. Well, Guilt thank you. Does that help? Synonyms. Yes, thank you okay. so much. I love your show. Oh, thank, oh, you. thank that you. That was a great call. Yeah, Perfect. we'd love to hear from you again. Do do call in further. Yeah. Give us an update if you would like. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. And and the thing is, I know sometimes it can be a, a little nervous to call in and and speak on the TV, Love. but it really does help everyone because what our show is really about. It isn't a theory. We can read these beautiful books that inspire us all the time, and that's wonderful. Still do that. But our show really takes these concepts and brings them down into everyday life where we can apply them to everyday situations so it can actually change. I spent years reading books that inspired me, but then mm -hmm. when I would go to work and somebody would be really mean and et cetera, et cetera, and I would just like, okay, well, how, how do I apply these great concepts over here to my everyday life? Well, this is the show where we do mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So by calling in, you really do assist other people because we all have those same types of situations. We're all basically in the same boat and without We're necessarily... We're all the same person, actually. Yeah, without necessarily an or at all. Yeah, you can actually get higher enough to recognize... Without the an or or an OR? Yeah, either. Either one. O-A-R? No, either or. I know, but or, like rowing. 
No, Leonard Orr. <clears throat> Movement? Yeah. Okay. But this concept, yeah. So you, you can through meditation, and that's the, if you want a cure for guilt, meditation would be major in that concept. And then the idea of giving yourself permission to act in integrity instead of acting in guilt. And we've done countless shows on this particular subject, but uh, guilt sours us and, and diminishes us massively. Yeah. We, we are far less than our human potential directly because of using guilt as a short circuit or a shortcut in our thinking, we've said so yeah. many times. And, and a grudge is blaming someone else for our illusion of being without power. Now remember mm. that. Grudge is, our, is us blaming someone else for the illusion that we have no power that's going on inside of our own mind. And so our best technique is when we start feeling that idea of, of the grudges and, and these feelings, look inside and say, where is it that I'm forgetting that I am a powerful human spirit that is really vaster than this reality? And work on that. Mm -hmm. Don't work on yeah. getting that other person to do something. Blaming That's... others for our own failures is passive-aggressive, and then we feel we have no power to do anything about that. When we have this idea that our overlap is like this and we have to get someone to move this way if we want to go that way or they mm -hmm. drag us this way, we are always going to be in that codependent relationship. When we turn it over and see that we're not really touching, that no one really has any power over us, it's liberating. So uh, There was a great abstraction of that concept, and I'd use the word abstraction, we take people off planet to visit other civilizations here, not necessarily in this galaxy, but almost always in this galaxy. And uh, took someone into a place where everybody was a liquid, and part of that liquid was you. And this person was complaining uh, that other people made their shape, that they weren't determining their own shape. And by the end of the event, they recognized that it was them making the shape not the people around them. In other words, uh, this guy's pushing on me this way, that I can guy's see that. Yeah. pushing on me that That's way, great. and I have no freedom, I have no will, I have no... And that cooperation... So that's, as we said, an abstract version of the same That's great. sort of thinking. I, I really do see it that way. Something yeah. I explain to people all the time is that when we don't have our borders, it's like most people do not have their own boundaries, mm -hmm. and boundaries are fluid points of choice. If you use my inner wisdom cards online, that's mm -hmm. one of the definitions I have for boundaries. But it's like everybody is looking at everyone else to be a boundary for them. And it's really our boundary with ourself that defines mm -hmm. our world. So don't let other people's lack of boundaries define yours. No, exactly. And all anger is based on a border violation. And you never talked about the border existing when someone rolled right over it and whatever that was, they rolled over it in. So we, the human race, we are improving day by day, moment by moment. Everyone seeks to be completely healed now. I want to be completely healed now. No. You are healed. Yeah, well, that's true. Correct answers all. It and is It's okay for us to not be healed. This is the remarkable thing about it. Every, everything is perfect right now. What if we're, nope. already, we're always already healed? Yeah, that's the thing about it. But everyone has this oh. impatience. Uh, speaking of which, the duck seems to be well, impatient. Well, the impatience is funded. I'd I, I just like to uh, do a little rebuttal. 
or a ad addition because healing is instantaneous. Okay. Alrighty. And I, I do believe in the instant cure because it is instantaneous. Relaxation. I got relaxation. So everybody relax. Take a deep breath and relax. And I got support, which is interesting because that word keeps coming to me in meditation uh, with the idea of accepting support, which is, of course, um, correct answer. Others supporting each other, that is correct answer. One supporting themselves, mm -hmm. uh, correct answer, and the idea of support. Now, when I do the word support in meditation, it is accompanied by um, affection is another word that comes in there. Affection, support, and okay. comfort. Those three words keep coming to me in meditation. Uh, and the angel in charge of this part of my meditation is saying, would you incorporate that into your being? The idea of accepting support, the idea of um, giving and receiving affection, and the idea of giving and receiving comfort has to come into who I am for the next particular part of the evolution I've agreed to. So I'm agreeing to this. And it is daily that this particular angel talks to me this way. So that's just, beautiful. That's why that particular card came up. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, just, I'd like to add that healing is instantaneous. It happens instantly. The amount of time that it manifests in your awareness is the amount of doubt you have of your uh, ability to heal and, and the importance mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. Also, the impatience to heal is really a manifestation of your unconscious belief that it's impossible for you. And so look at that, and that's what's causing mm -hmm. the impatience, is these two opposing forces. Yeah. But great. Um, do we have any calls? So if you, this Are is the else? point in the show, if you'd like to call in for a reading, and you're still free to call in with questions mm -hmm. or dream interpretations as well. And I, I think that this is a very, very important subject that we're talking about tonight mm -hmm. because we hold grudges with ourselves, and yeah. that causes us to have self-sabotaging behaviors, mm -hmm. quote-unquote. Now, I've noticed in myself there was a time in my life where I would say, I don't want to ever have to reincarnate again. This was, believe me, a very long time ago. And for decades now, I've been looking forward to my next incarnation. I've done a lot of thinking about who I will be and, then, and I love the idea of incarnating again. Well, I'm glad totally to hear that. love it. So, yeah. Now, what this proceeded to do was to put me in the now. It's okay to be where I am rather than being upset about future life. A lot of people in that time in my life when I was um, interested in not incarnating anymore, I wanted to be done with this whole thing so that I could go on to the next thing. At this point, it just doesn't make a difference. Well, that's if, great. If this is the last one, then, then I choose to do a very noble, uh, majestic job of this being the incarnation. Well, when you... And just... Uh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Just... A majestic job of this being the incarnation. And then if there's the next one, and I, I understand a much, 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 much greater picture of the timeline of being a human being, and it's not what we think it is. It's not what we think it is at all. Okay. And well, let me just comment, please. Before um, The only reason that we would not wish to be here, it tells a lot about our fundamental belief system, about this being a loving, 
supportive reality or this horrible place where everyone is against you. And if you say, I don't wish to incarnate anymore, it's very much like, I'm not saying you, but just that mindset is a victim ease type oh, yeah. thing. Like, oh, I'm being put upon and it's not my decision to create. And also about the timeline, last lifetime, first lifetime, it's irrelevant because outside of this reality, there is no time. It's all simultaneous and it's all instants are already happening. It's all still to happen. So it's not a linear thing. So there really isn't a next life. It's just where we choose to go in the instant now. So that's what that great teaching that you just learned through what you shared. So thanks. Mm -hmm. Do we have a call? Great. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Michael from Los Angeles. Oh, hi, hey, Michael. Michael. How thanks are we doing? for calling. Hi, how are you guys? Um, great. I would just like a reading from Mary, please, right, and I'll hang up and listen. Oh, thank you. Be most happy to. And it's wonderful to hear from Los Angeles. Neville and I have been uh, having that on our agenda to get out that direction sometime soon. Uh, the first card we get is the guidance card. And you can see this beautiful form. And the person in the background really is kind of turned the other way. And I think what this is saying is you've been having this communication since you were a little child. I, I really feel you're gifted, and I, I'm sure you're aware of the fact that, that you can channel and that you probably do all the time, and that that is a pretty steady influence that a lot of people are never conscious of, and that now it's almost like the form of it is shifting a little bit, and, and that's becoming more conscious, and I feel it's being embodied in the people around you, the work you've done in your life, and that there is going to be more and more of that unity with others. And I, I also look at this card as the me, myself, and I that are all working together, and that's when we move forward because there is no doubt there. And the card moving into the future, this card can represent the idea of decisions. And I'm writing some information on the idea of, of a decision because it's seemed to be a difficult thing in physical form. And the reason it sometimes is difficult is because we believe that we could have a wrong decision. And that sets us up to get stuck, like, oh, no, which way do I go? But if you just trust and let go of the right and wrong, the perfect decision is going to be so easy that you realize you didn't even do it. It just shows up in your life. And so there is going to be that realization that's going to unstick a lot of things. So thank you, Michael. Thank you for calling. Yeah, excellent. Great. Do we have our next call? We're okay. Oh, anyway, did you want to take a moment to show your new book? Yeah, to let folks? me do that. Uh, the uh, while they're getting the shot of it, there we go. Uh, my latest book, which is *The Dreamist*, which is uh, very interesting. It's a future novel. Um, I'll have actual copies of it. This is just the advanced copy the company sent me. Um, *The Dreamist*. And uh, I'm going to mail some copies of this to uh, leading women in Hollywood just to see if somebody reads it and turns it into a picture because it's a... Uh, it would be an action, excellent movie. Excellent movie. Action picture with a female lead in it, which I think is very dynamic all the way around. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're interested in it, uh, the hardcover only right now is available on... Uh, Amazon, but the soft cover ought to be coming, if you like the hardcover, well, I do. We'll, we'll write more on the website, too, yeah, for people, but it's very good. We're excited about it. more information about it coming call? up. No. And uh, we're going to be at Ruby Tuesdays after the show, um, if anyone would like to oh, join us this one evening. one thing that I would like to comment on, mm -hmm. I am doing, and I haven't done one of these workshops in a while, and they're really like healing 
sessions um, for a group rather than a workshop but it is on the idea of self-confidence and everything that we've talked about tonight really erodes our self-confidence self-confidence is that I have a right to be here and it's there's not even a question whether I have a right it's not even an issue I, I just am and I'm here and it helps us to remove the events and the, the feelings and the misguided beliefs let's say that are preventing us from being confident uh, self-confident so it's a great healing experience it's on Saturday mm -hmm. and you're doing the past life that evening yeah. and then um, I'm in the midst of the tarot workshop where it's really getting into some therapeutic uses for that mm -hmm. in order to speak to yourself and the we have a call people that, no? that uh, called in with the uh, sister-in-law brother and sister-in-law yes. and wife um, the past life is a very good idea if uh, to explore that if Saturday nights open for any one or all three of you and, to come and, the and do healing. that so that we can, and, yeah. the, and the healing, I think, uh, too. Because once you know, it's a mm -hmm. good idea to, to just do some healing with it and mm -hmm. to let go of some of those old harmonies. Past lives are a great way to heal, too. Yeah, it's and you're going to do the EFT, if mm -hmm. I remember this weekend, correct? That's what yeah. I just mentioned. Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, so that is another method of approaching. Yes, and, and uh, coming up soon, probably in February, I'm going to do the healing from the inside out healing the cause of weight gain and it's not really about a weight loss thing it's a really in-depth play uh, session healing um, workshop it really is you can have a lot of learning about how, like what are some of the reasons that we hang on to things both in our physical body and everywhere and it's about a healing mm -hmm. not, not not about the other so watch the website for that and you healing can listen sense. to us on iTunes for free the podcast is an audio podcast so it doesn't uh, take up much room, and you can yeah. take us with you yeah. on jogs and mm -hmm. trips and such. So we've been doing quite a bit. Uh, I'm already at the point of uh, the next book, which is going to have a lot of games. Uh, interesting. Um, I was recently taught a, a card game that develops ESP that um, Grace was talking about this, which I thought was very interesting. I was surprised how poorly I did at it, which inspired me, of course. Well, and there is no such thing as failure. There is such a thing as more information. Well, remember those kinds. I teach psychic development, which will be starting in the not-too-distant future. But those kinds of exercises, a lot of very psychic people are not good at those. Mm -hmm. And don't look at your psychic exercise games as being a proof. It's really like lifting weights. And you don't lift weights for a reason. It's not like you have to have that barbell up close to your face and then back down and back up. It's to exercise muscles and it's really important to see your development like that. We are so stuck in the grading system. Get out of that and just allow it to yeah. be and let it be an exercise. So you're suggesting that we become degrading? <laughs> no, I'm not suggesting that. <laughs> well, getting out of the grading, but uh, yeah, and to set ourselves free. We, Grade people, free. Uh, ask sometimes Break what this free. program is about, and it really Let's is to set ourselves free, free, to actually be free of the way in which we were brought up, to be free of the, the prejudice that we have within us about ourselves, uh, certainly the prejudice and as we well, coined the idea of uh, grudgmental personality, uh, etc. And, and gr uh, gr grudge-free and great-free, as free mm. as the wind blows. You could sing that song free. in your mind. Yeah. What would happen if you set yourself free? What would happen? Make That's your, right, you crash and burn. Make yes. your lists of grudges mm -hmm. and really look at why that makes you feel powerless, why that person did what they did, and how that made you feel 
and the powerlessness within that. And the day you see it as having been your idea That's and it. totally on your side is the day you get to move on to whatever the next pile of stuff is that we have to sort And through. another way to say your idea is to say it's a mirror of how you're feeling about yourself. Mm-hmm. And so don't beat yourself up about yes. how other people are treating Definitely you. Anyway, we love, honor, that. and praise you for joining us tonight. And yeah. it's, we've led you to a door that you may choose and to go through. You may. Indeed.